name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I was planning to start out my sermon today by asking all of you, when was the last time you were out of your comfort zone? I thought, well, you probably have to think about that for a second, but for me, it was driving here. So, crazy. But think about, when was the last time you were out of your comfort zone, maybe with the exception of the drive here this morning? Sometimes that happens by your own choice. Sometimes it just happens that something happens that we're not comfortable with, or we find ourselves in a difficult situation. I think it's good to put ourselves outside of our comfort zone occasionally, to wake us up, get rid of our sense of complacency, to help us become more passionately engaged in our lives in the world. And as many of you know, I decided to do that last fall by taking a motorcycle class. And I was really outside of my comfort zone. But the interesting part for me was to see how do teachers help get you through that? What is the process of taking people who are way outside their comfort zone and guiding them through to realize something that they're trying to do? And it was very interesting. Part of the process is to start slowly, one step at a time, get the people comfortable with each step, and then continue to increase it. Now, this was a very interesting motley crew of 11 people, some older, like myself, and some very young, and with all variety of physical ability. And somehow the teacher of this class managed to corral us and get us to do the things that he wanted to do to build up the skills so we could end up riding the motorcycle. So everything was uncomfortable. But as we gradually built up the skill level, it became more and more frightening. So on the second day, they wanted us to ride the motorcycle at 20 miles an hour at a two by four in the road, stand up when you got to the two by four, now I'm talking about standing up on the motorcycle that you've only ridden for one day, go over the two by four without any problems and continue down to the next two by four because there was a whole bunch of them in the course. So my, my neighbor who did this with me, who's in, also in her 50s, we're looking at the instructor like, you want us to do what? We were, and I would say with the exception of the two people in the class who had ridden a lot of motorcycle time, we were all standing there like deer in the headlight. And so the teacher looked at us as a group and he goes, okay, so we're gonna get on the bike, we're gonna go over the two by four, we're gonna stand up and we're gonna continue down the road. He goes, right class? So he, he nods and all of a sudden you're, you're like, yes, coach. <laughs> sort of involuntary, like, yes, coach, get on the bike, you go, and you do it. Now, the interesting piece is that riding a motorcycle is not that different than riding a bike, but the psychological blocks that you have, the fear that you have, make it a, a lot harder. And what was helpful was the coach kept telling us what we needed to do, believed that we could do it, showed us how to do it, encouraged us, did the yes, coach, and the whole group became a community and we encouraged each other like, can we do this? Yeah, we can do this. There'd always be somebody who was positive. And it wasn't always me. You may find that hard to believe. But. So, so it was a process of being in community and having a leader that kept us believing we could do the things that we didn't think we could do. And that's how we made it through to the end. 
In the gospel today, Jesus calls the fishermen. Now that's the first thing. Why did he call fishermen to follow him? Why not the professional? Why not the rabbi in the temple? The person studying the Hebrew Bible, you know, trying to do the Torah, figuring out where God is, worshiping God. Why not call the professional? No. Jesus goes down to the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and calls the ordinary fishermen. Now, that must have been quite a call because they immediately drop their nets, turn around, and follow him. They don't go home to pack. They don't check with their wife. They, they don't you know, tell their boss, I'm going to give you two weeks' notice. It was an immediate following of Jesus. It's like, whoa, that must have been some call. And he, he brings them on as his disciples. Now, talk about being out of your comfort zone. I mean, maybe you're happy in a, throwing a net into the water on the Sea of Galilee, the sun's shining, you catch a lot of fish, life is good, but now all of a sudden you're following this guy. You don't know where you're going, you're not really sure what he's doing. But the other interesting thing to focus on is the last sentence of the Gospel. Jesus isn't taking them to, to convert people or to... But, what he's doing is he's taking them to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, which is that he can cure the sick. The last line of the gospel, curing every sickness wherever he goes. That in following Jesus, they became part of a healing community. That that's what he was calling them to do. Ordinary people, fishermen, to become fisher of people, to create a community that is all about healing sickness. And that's the good news, that somehow in Jesus we can be healed of whatever it is. Now all of us, when we think of sickness, we immediately go to our physical ailments and it's like, you know, I've always wanted a movie star body, like, you know, help me out. Can't, can't we get rid of some of the aches and pains that we have? But it's a healing that comes from the incarnate love that's shown to us in Jesus. That love can heal. And it's this love from God that's shown to us in Jesus that is healing. But Jesus doesn't do it by himself. He doesn't go off on the road alone. He gathers together a community. So there is something important that concerns a community of ordinary people gathered together that allows the healing love of God to happen. But I think for some of us, sometimes that's outside of our comfort zone to think that we're a disciple. I mean, you guys all showed up here in a winter storm advisory. That's saying yes to following Christ. And you're part of this healing community. And we somehow have to be that. We have to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. We have to show forth that healing love of Christ. So how do we do that? Particularly as Episcopalians. You know, people ask me constantly, what is that church? What do they believe in? And we've come up with three very descriptive words, which I'm going to give to you that we're going to try and get everyone in the Episcopal Diocese of Rochester to be able to say this. What we are is we are a community that believes in passionate spirituality, 
radical hospitality, and thoughtful engagement. So let me start with the passionate spirituality. If you say passionate today, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of impassioned things going on in the world, and our culture can be very divisive. It's sort of an either-or kind of thing in the culture, and people are very passionate. Either you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. Either you're a Christian or you're not. Either you're wealthy or you're poor. It's a kind of an either-or thing. And as we saw in Arizona, sometimes when we get divisive, it can really bring out the worst in the culture. And we have to be careful that we're not divisive. So what does it mean to be, have passionate spirituality for the Episcopal Church? It means that we're deeply committed to our spirituality. And our spirituality is centered around the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is where we reenact the love of God that's shown to us in Christ every week. But in the culture, a lot of times you hear, it's my way or the highway, it's my way or not your way, that there's only one way. And in the Episcopal Church, we couch our passionate spirituality with radical hospitality and thoughtful engagement. Thoughtful engagement means we don't believe we have a corner on the truth. That the truth is not something definitive, but rather the truth is a process that we get to through thoughtful engagement, where we can sit and not do sound bites at each other, but have some real deep engaging dialogue. Radical hospitality means that we welcome people who may not be part of this community at the current moment in time, but we welcome people not with the thought of doing something to them. We welcome them as part of a beloved community where we want to give them that experience of being welcomed into a beloved community, where we don't come to them as we need to change you, we need to make you see our way, we need to incorporate you and fold you in, but we come to them as giving them the gift of love. This was expressed in a beautiful article written by Peter Peters, which will be coming out March 1st in the Diocesan News Magazine. But radical hospitality, where we come to each other as a gift, where we thoughtfully engage with each other, where we understand truth as a process of discovery that we work to together, and that in the meantime, we're centered around the Eucharist, which is the healing power of love that comes from God in Christ. And it's up to us to be able to communicate that to people who need healing, to people who are out in the world who have no community like this. Recently, I, I hear this all the time, recently was with a, a person who, who told me that he didn't really need church or a community because he could have his own relationship with God and his own sense of spirituality. And I said, yes, we all have to have that. We all need that personal time with God. We need to pray, we need to be alone, we need to hear the voice of God. But we also need the community to support us, to carry us, to encourage us, to, so we can have the thoughtful engagement, so we can have the discussions, so we can work out the truth for ourselves through the help of other people who are centered around the love of God as shown to us in Christ, who have that passionate spirituality 
that somehow gets them out of bed in a winter snow advisory to come together to worship. We have to move out of our comfort zone. We have to open up, allow ourselves to give that experience of being part of a community centered around love to those who are desperately seeking that out in the world.